to this edition of the Ealing Road Buzz. My name is Jack McEachin. I'm the sports community content curator over here at the Trinity Mirror and of course I'm here today with Tom Moore. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so you uh, went to the game on the weekend? Yeah, no, uh, I, I made the trip to Leeds. It was uh, a long day. Uh, I think pretty much anything that could go wrong went wrong <laughs> for myself and, and for Brentford, really. Uh, I mean, obviously, having won two games in the week leading up to it with Sunderland and Birmingham, um, there was hype going into the trip with Leeds, but at the end of the day, Brentford probably produced their worst, probably their worst performance of the season, really, is they just didn't seem at the race, especially in the second half. I don't know if the exertions of playing two games in a week prior to it, and there'd only been, say, a couple of changes in, in total. Leeds made five changes. That might have been a part of the difference there. But no, they just they just weren't at the race. They had a good spell up until Leeds took the lead with a goal that, to me, looked offside. And certainly to uh, the uh, head coach, Dean Smith, and John Egan, and the replays indicated that they'd... Uh, taken a bad break there but at the end of the day they didn't do enough to be worthy of anything other than nil nil draw so it wasn't a good performance nobody has said it otherwise they know that they were below standard but it was just one of those days really should have known by the time I got to King's Cross when I saw my train was cancelled to start <laughs> with that was a that was a long day and then to put the tin lid on it it was a uh, according to uh the wonderful people at East Coast Railways are uh, 29 minutes late when the refund cup is, starts at 30. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> and uh, certainly by my timings, it the doors opened at Leeds when it was 30 minutes late. So uh, <laughs> that, that uh, sort of summed it up and then I had a, uh, I had a bit of bird decide to uh, give me a deposit, which wasn't fun <laughs> either. So, yes, uh, a bad day all around, Leeds. I think uh, I think we fire that one on uh, moving swiftly on, shall <laughs> we say. So, yeah, not not the best, but still, it, I'd say it was a pretty good week overall. Is If you'd said six points from nine, you'd probably just be slightly disappointed. It would have been good for it to be yeah. seven out of nine. But six isn't. Six is a better return than and a lot of other figures. Yeah, so it's true. Yeah, you know, I th- I think it is. You know, the losing away to Leeds with the new manager and all isn't isn't a terrible result, yeah. of course, but it's more the performance. What do you think? You know, in the performance, what what did go wrong? I j- I just think part of me thinks it was a bit of fatigue because obviously Leeds had two home games in the week and then they're, and they're away at Derby in midweek so that's a lot less travelling Brentford had to travel up to Sunderland travel yeah. back from Sunderland host Birmingham then travel up to Leeds so I think you could say that I think the travel and the fatigue I mean yes okay they travel in nice, nicer conditions than the fans mainly and they obviously get better set up but it's a long old way and it's uh, time away for the families. Is it, even after Sunderland, it will still take them four or five hours to get home. So it, I think it does play a part in, in things is the tra- travel time. And uh, 
I just think maybe is having players that maybe have played played both games as it didn't didn't really bring in many changes and maybe some fresh legs would have made a difference. But then um, the substitutes Dean Smith made on Atwoods didn't didn't work. He he tried to bring Sergio Canos, Alan Judge, Miliano Marcondes on all all players that certainly feel that they. They they'd like to be starting games rather than being substitutes. None none of them really made made an impact, and that was something that uh, Dean acknowledged after the game. So it was, it was a a, a difficult one all, all round really. So you you could say fatigue, and you can then factor the travel into that, but you can also just put it down to maybe a, a fair few of them just got out of the bed the wrong way and. <laughs> And things like that, because I'm quite sure a number of players will will know full well that uh, that was uh, below the standards they've uh, they would set for themselves. So I think it's a a mix of everything, really. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. So uh, moving away from Leeds, and we don't really want to dwell on that result no, too much. Uh, the London Football Awards are coming up, and I understand a few. Brentford players are nominated as well. Yeah, the the Brentford have representations in uh, th- three categories. Um, you got Dan Bentley up for the goalkeeper of the year. Uh, Josh Clark, Romain Sawyer is up for uh, the uh, football league player of the year, as well as Brentford's Community Sports Trust um, up for the, the community award for their fearless journalism project. I think it's uh, it's great to see the uh, the club recognised. Um, I think Bentley, barring a Sort of three week periods been excellent all, all season, and uh, it was the only time really I'd seen him sort of out, out, out of form and that back in November. And uh, he, he certainly worked hard and made and has made a, a load of key saves. I mean, I think he's a, a worthy, worthy nominee. Um, then you look at someone like uh, Romain Sawyers, I mean, he's the form he was in in December was uh, quite special. and is the pass I still remember at Norwich for Lasavibe to score his second it was absolutely inch perfect he I remember asking uh, Vibe about it at the time and he uh, he just was absolutely in talking and so enthusiastically about <laughs> the pass let alone his neat touch and fit neat neat finish is it was a, a lot of it was just described about the pass and I know that Dean commented at the time that if that goal had been scored by Man City, if that had been, say, De Bruyne to Aguero, we'd have been, they'd have been talking about it all over Christmas as the game was uh, the weekend before the uh, fe- festive uh, period. So uh, it, it, was, uh, it was one to... Uh, he, he's certainly been in excellent form and he's, uh, he's certainly f- stepped up a level from, from when he came and um, it, it's great seeing Josh Clark, I think, when you look at his uh, his career in the last few years, I mean it. He was uh, given a chance by uh, Marina Steikhausen in the twenty fifteen sixteen season in September when there were a fair few injuries. He started against Preston, had a bit of a difficult start where they uh, score in the first minute or so, and um, then comes back to perform well. Then he goes out on loan to Barnet, has an up and down period there, scores a few goals. Also, remember he was sent off as well there, and it looked as if he was going to be. Uh, it looked as if he was heading heading for the exit door, sort of at the start of twenty sixteen, and then 
when you look at his form at the start of this season especially he he was actually up there as uh, one of the best players of the season so he he's certainly improved i think he needs to now try and find another gear and kick on further but he's also had it quite difficult especially in this season as he's played on the right wing he's played on the left wing he's played at right back he's played at left back so he's not had a position really to call his own is he probably needs time dedicated in one position and it, it's tough to see where he can fit in because he just seems to be one of those that will just play as a a stop a stop gap and then um the fearless journalism project the community sports trust do is a it's a fantastic project it's uh aimed for year six students and uh what, and they it's all about crafting a, a match report and trying to encourage the creativeness and as the title says it, it's about being fearless it's about taking risks and uh i i've i've been asked to uh, assist in the past couple of years i remember i remember personally the first time i did it it was a bit nervous you've got all of these year six kids sort of looking at you it's sort of like Oh dear. <laughs> I think it's weird at times as well because I remember the sort of back of my mind was don't swear, don't swear, don't <laughs> swear. Because obviously they're, they're kids, you've got to also pick, pick your language. And I, I've not spoken to 10 year olds in a very long time. So, I mean, I've got, I've got a friend that uh, you could argue was eight, but uh, he's, at, <laughs> he's actually 34. For this week, um, work, work that one out if you if you want. So, uh, but uh, it, it, it was quite nerve wracking at, at the start, and um, the, the game that they were doing last year was uh, the uh, game with Aston Villa, and I was sort of trying to talk about the context and things behind that, and trying to provide a bit of additional thoughts rather than just sort of here's the game and to me certainly as a journalist I will always say context is king is understanding the how and the why is much more important than the who what where and when anyone can tell you those four things it's the how and the why that that make the difference and it's certainly trying to get kids I, I do remember one at one school saying oh I hate why it's obviously it's the <laughs> hardest one because Everyone can do the the factual ones. The why is where the subjective comes in, the opinion, and and it and that is where the additional knowledge helps. So and it, it's one it's one that it's it's a project I I thoroughly enjoy being a part of, and uh, I'm actually doing another session uh, this week at a, at a a, non, a school I will not be naming here, but uh, I assume by the time this goes out, I'll have already done it, but. Uh, it is something that I I thoroughly enjoy. So is I'd like to see them come away with the award, but I'm also aware that the likelihood is is uh, the QPR game for Grenfell will probably uh, yeah. will probably walk away with the uh, with the goal on that, and it, you can't make an argument against that. Um, I would always talk up the Fearless Journalism Project, uh, and I think it's a fantastic cause, and I think more clubs should try and get behind it just to try and promote creative thinking and I'm a big believer in trying to promote journalism as a, as an industry as an industry we there, there's obviously been a lot of knocks to the industry in a in a number of fashions number of incidents and obviously 
the relationship between a, a certain political leader and the uh, and the press seems to be at an all time low. So uh, is it, I'm I'm a very big believer in uh, in in journalism and but you have to give credit to QPR uh, for for their response to the uh, the disaster at Grenfell. So is well the fierce journalism is a very work would be a very worthy award winner. So would the Gay for Grenfell and so would the uh, AFC Wimbledon Ladies Project. I think they're all very worthy nominees. It's a question of what you say is more more worthy, and I imagine the uh, the judging panel would would probably go for uh, Grenfell. Yeah, but on another year, any of those three could win exactly. Yeah, is is it's not often football it's community work that football clubs do is is not regularly talked about i mean i i'd probably say i'm guilty as much as anyone is we the in is the uh, the interest from supporters tends to be on, on on the pitch matters but i think we have to try and all improve and and look at what clubs do for the community and things like that so <coughs> is it it is a it's always good to see a, a club helping out in the community and we know that clubs do it and that some try and sort of shout about it a bit more others sort of try and do it on the on the quiet and it, it's a tough one at times because you can always you, you have to balance it up by saying oh this is what we're doing with sort of the reaction that fan, some fans will give and certainly modern day social media you can get some pretty <laughs> crazy people reacting to things supporting any club yeah well um, next up for <coughs> Brentford is uh, Cardiff as well not exactly the easiest a game to bounce back from a loss huh? oh yes seeing Neil Warnock excellent <laughs> you uh, you is the, I think let, let's just get this out there. I think Neil Warnock's a fantastic manager. I hate watching his sides play, though. <laughs> but I think, just to qualify that, I think a Neil Warnock side, you hate if it's the team that's playing your team, but you love it if it's your team. Exactly. So I think, that is, I think that's what... When anyone says, oh, I hate to play a Neil Warnock side, it's... It's a it's a it's a statement born out of respect. You don't enjoy watching a Neil Warnock side if you aren't a fan of the Neil Warnock side. I don't think so. Is we all know that Cardiff will what Cardiff will do. They'll be physical. They'll look to get in Bedford's face. They'll look to to break up play. Where it might help Brentford though is the fact that Cardiff will be pushing for for three points is they'll be more positive than a number of other teams that have visited Griffin Park in uh, in recent weeks. As obviously, Birmingham, in fairness to them, they tried to play a bit of football, they tried to attack, but when Brentford caught out their defensive, and mid, their midfield shambles, they, uh, they punished them. And, and there were just some complete howlers from David Stockdale, two horrendous bits of goalkeeping... Jason Lowe as well. Then the fact if is Brentford won't be gifted the goals that Birmingham gave them. Is Cardiff's defence will be organised. They'll be tough to break down. 
it'll take a bit of guard, a bit of a bit of extra quality to to break them down to to beat them. But they they've got the potential to to beat them. Is uh, teams have come to Griffin Park and uh, tried to attack and been beaten. So they've got to try and work out that way of breaking sides down. They did it to Bolton. And they they were a side that showed some ambition, but they pretty much remained organised throughout. It took a couple of bits of quality to uh, to win the game, but it's it's what I'd probably say is a must-win because it's a, it's a big week coming up as well for Brentford again, it, with it being another three-game week. Yeah, that's right. They've got a Burton Albion <laughs> on Millwall as well. It's uh, uh, tough times. Not tough times, but it's a you know, run of games that matter a lot, don't they? Yeah, and the thing is, they're all, they're all against teams where you can make a... A logical argument that their managers should be up for manager of the year. You've got Neil Warnock, Cardiff. You could argue a punching above their financial weight in oh, relation definitely. to the likes of Villa and all that. Then you've got Nigel Clough. The fact he kept Burton in the championship last year was a magnificent <laughs> achievement, and it was, and it was worthy of an award in that respect. And the fact that they, they're keeping their heads just in that they're still in the. Uh, relegation scrap they've not been cut adrift again this year when they uh, when their record signing suffers a, a long-term injury in the summer they're still in the hunt that that they will be they, they'll be difficult and Neil Harris you could always you could make an argument that I remember when QPR won promotion to the Premier League via the playoffs so I think it was Joe Barton that said oh we're, we're the worst team we've come up via the playoffs you could argue that Millwall were the worst team in inverted commas by using that same argument. And the job Neil Harris has done there is uh, is magnificent. And it is I've I've got a big big soft spot for Mill having covered them in a previous job. So uh, I'm looking forward to the trip to the Den, trip to Burston on a Tuesday night. That's uh, not not one I always look forward to as much, not but. As but uh, is a it's it's a big game, and it's probably is Brentford should be looking at least at another minimum six points from nine, and uh, it's a one way you could get another seven from nine or potentially nine from nine, and uh, it's one that I think um, certainly if we look at Millwall, that they're on a great run of form, and the Den is when the Den gets going, it's. Uh, it's not one for the uh, faint-hearted, so it's going to need some of those players like Dan Bentley, like Ryan Woods. It's going to need those players to stand up tall at the den. They're probably two of the mentally strongest players in in the squad, and they're going to have to guide maybe the players with less experience who may not have have heard of the of Millwall and and the den and the uh, intimidating atmosphere that it can provide. I mean, I remember game at the den. It was against Blackburn. Millwall went two 0 down and had ten men. The they weren't happy with the red card and all the den got riled with the referee and uh, and you, you you could see the Blackburn players absolutely panicking and not wanting the ball and getting. And trying to keep away from the touchline and everything, you could see them wilting under this pressure. And Millwall got it back to two two, and I, I think that was actually the fans that got them that point because all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, we don't really want to be out here. So, is it, it 
it will certainly be tough there. I mean, Burton is going to be difficult in itself on a, what's likely to be a, a difficult pitch at the, at the Pirelli. It, it's not one that maybe will suit Brent for them. They're, just, they're going to have to show their battling qualities in the next uh, 10 days or so. And that, that's the... Uh, and that that's the key is if they can show good passing qualities in the next ten days, then they'll be well within the hunt for the playoffs. If they uh, if they come up short on that sort of side, then it's probably going to be a a cruise to the end of the season. Not that they'll be easing off the gas, but uh, as it comes to excitement, it's not going to be as a uh, nerve wracking, shall we say, if they don't uh, get a decent point. So, all uh, right, and I think that we will. Uh, Bring that to an end here. Thank, thank you for uh, coming to join us, Jack. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, and uh, I will be with you next week, possibly from Burton Hotel, possibly from somewhere else. We we'll wait and see. It will be it will be a surprise for me at the time. Thank you. <laughs>